0: everyone, and welcome into SB Nation's American League Playoff Preview brought to you by T-Mobile. I'm John Stolnes from the Phillies SB Nation site, The Good Fight, and uh, I am joined by a couple of uh, fantastic uh, baseball minds from the SB Nation community. Andrew Mearns from the SB Nation Yankees site Pinstripe Alley. He's the managing editor and podcaster there. Follow him on Twitter at PSA. Andrew, I wish I could have you under better circumstances, man. Dark times for you all, but uh, how are you doing the day after? Uh, We'll power through somehow,
1: but uh, glad to be on here. I mean, the season was kind of a weird one, but, you know, so it goes.
0: we're going to talk about uh, the Yankees and Red Sox wildcard game. Unfortunately, uh, Andrew's Yankees uh, came up a little bit short in that one, but we'll tackle that game coming up here in just a minute. Also joined by Ashley McLennan from SB Nation. She does uh, rights for a number of different sites. Bless you, boys. D-Rays Bay and Bleed Cubbies Blue. Follow her on Twitter at 90 Feet From Home. Fantastic Twitter handle, by the way. Thank Ashley. you. Yes. Welcome to the show. How are you feeling?
2: Uh, I'm pretty happy I mean I had very few horses in yesterday's race as I joked online I said I've never wanted so badly to watch two teams lose um, because obviously <laughs> I'm a big Rays fan but um, you know based on how the season has gone in those comparative series it really was not even toss-up for Rays fans as to who was going to win that like I think the season record was almost identical between the Yankees and Red Sox for, for Rays point of view so i was fine either way but i'm sorry it's andrew
0: it's <laughs> okay
1: i mean i'm used to people rooting for the meteor and most
0: yankees red socks <laughs> so. that's pretty much how it goes if you're not from one of those fan bases absolutely and the uh, bargain we have exactly right and hey they got the game in under four hours which uh, which yeah, is a, a monumental upset. task yeah never saw that would come in so um, let's talk a little bit about that game before we we preview uh, the American League playoffs. And obviously, the Red Sox win six to two, rather uh, won it rather easily. Surprisingly, as uh, Garrett Cole fails to get out of the third inning, a uh, big home run by Xander Bogarts in the first inning to uh, get the Red Sox on their way. Kyle Schwarber went deep in that one too, hit a monster shot to put them up three nothing. And really, uh, the Red Sox coasted for the most part. Uh, there was a big key moment in that game, however, um, when uh, Aaron Judge got thrown out at home in the sixth inning with the the score three to one. Uh, They could have had runners on second and third with one out, really setting themselves up for a big inning, but well-executed play by the Red Sox uh, nabbed Aaron judge at home. And that was the ball game at that point. So Andrew, I'll start with you. Just, uh, You know, initial reaction from the Yankees' season—they really had to hold on at the end of the year to get that second wild card spot, and in the end, just didn't quite have enough horses to to get over the finish line, did they?
1: Yeah, I mean, the problem was, as it was pretty much for the entire season, which is that the Yankees had an extremely good offense on paper, but outside of Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton showing up, there wasn't a lot much else. They had some help from Anthony Rizzo in that wild card playoff game, of course. He had a home run and uh, had one of the only other hits, but. For the most part, is just a lot of underachieving. Not much from Joey Gallo, who they brought in at the deadline, is supposed to do a lot. Um, obviously, Kyle Higashioka got the start over Gary Sanchez because Cole was pitching. But even if Gary Sanchez had started, he hadn't been hitting much late in the season either. And there just wasn't really a lot of support. And especially with DJ LeMahieu out of the lineup, he had an underachieving year as well, but even still swapping him out didn't exactly help matters because he was out with the sports hernia. So at this, at that point of the season, they were just running to a whole bunch of problems. And then when your ACE doesn't really give you much of a start, that's, that's not going to give you put you in a position to win.
0: And actually t- let's talk a little bit about Garrett Cole's start. I mean, Nathan Ivaldi had the best uh, Fangraphs wins above replacement among all American League pitchers this year. So he had a great season and he was mowing Yankees hitters down last night. Extremely efficient outing for him uh through 5 innings. But uh the big surprise, the big story coming out of that game was Garrett Cole, not and he had kind of struggled towards the end of the season, hadn't yeah, he?
2: He did, and I think the Yankees really did have an interesting season. Like they started out really rough. And I think the first Almost half of the season, people were like, "What is this team? Is this a team that can even compete? Or are they like calling it in right away? Or are they going to bottom things out with the Orioles? What's happening here?" And you know, there's a couple people I follow online because I don't dislike Yankees fans. You guys are great. <laughs> um, but are. There, there were um, a lot of people that were real true believers this season in in what that core group could put together if you know if managed correctly, if used correctly, and if the proper pieces were picked up mid season. And I think they really. Did put together a fantastic team throughout the latter part of the year. Um, obviously, they made it to that point where they could be in the wild card game, but I think. You know, you look at a Red Sox team that was really mowed down through most of the season, lots of illness going on there. We won't talk too much about that. Um, but they were pretty strong throughout as well. And I think it just came down to two really good, evenly matched teams at the end of it. And it was really the starting pitching that helped the Red Sox, I think, make it through. Cause if you can't count on Garrett Cole in a wild card game, I mean, I think my favorite part of that was was Arod on the broadcast going, oh, he'll do better in his sophomore <laughs> year. And I'm like, mm, yeah. I Forgot don't know it. who's gonna break this to you, but this is his sophomore year. Mm. <laughs> Maybe Arod
1: is just also pretending that 2020 didn't happen. Yeah.
2: Were- yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: No, so, we, we yeah, feel seen.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it all came
0: down to a one game playoff. And this has been some of the conversation more so on the National League side, because you've got a 106 win Dodger team whose season is going to come down to a a one game playoff in the American League. You had four teams that were really battling it out at the end of the season for those two wild card spots. The Blue Jays came up just just short despite that probably had the the best baseball team not to make the playoffs based on their run differential by far with all that young talent, really a shame they weren't able to, to, to get in. But uh, the Mariners had the exact opposite situation, a, a negative run differential and coming within a, a couple of games of, of reaching the wild card. But for it all to come down to one game after 162 games, I know there's a lot of conversation, a lot of talk about the one game playoff in the wild card, the excitement of having a do or die one game situation, or, having it at least brought out to three games, if not five games, in order to make it simulate a little bit more like a regular season so that the better team might have more of an opportunity to win. Ashley, where are you on the one game versus three game or even five game wild card?
2: I mean, in in terms of baseball itself, the wild card is still fairly new, if we consider it. Like, it's within the last decade. The way that it's kind of played out is, is still a relatively new System and I like the idea that like a scraggling team that's like just near the top still has that opportunity to get in and win it all. I mean, what year was it? I think the the Royals made it also all the way to the World. It was two wild card teams, I think that year yeah, that made it all the way to the World Yeah, seals. yeah. and it, it, that is kind of like the underdog fight that you look for here, where it's a really yeah. fun and awesome way to say, "Hey, like that's you know cool," and that anybody can win this. But at the same time. I don't think anything can be based on a one game outcome. I think three games is probably the more fair way to assess it. But if you really look at the postseason in general, it's all small sample size. Like it doesn't matter how well you do over 162 games. That just gets you there. You, I I was looking at it in terms of if the Mariners had made it and the Rays had to face the Mariners mid-season, all regular season, the Mariners had the Rays number. Like it was terrible. It was like, I wanted to see them make it because the Mariners have been so long out of the playoffs. But at the same time, I had no interest in the Rays having to face off against a team they did so poorly against in those small sample sizes. Um, So while I would love to see the wild card extended to a three game matchup, just I think for a little bit more fairness, I think that the entire postseason is skewed towards luck over skill in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, and Andrew, I, I'm a one game guy. I think it's I think it's fun. I get if it was three games, I wouldn't mind that. But I, I I feel like baseball doesn't have enough of those tentpole moments, you know? Like in some of these wild card games, you can the casual fan can come in and see. Okay, it's one game for for all the marbles. You don't have to invest a week of your time in order to 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 follow through. And and so you have these you have these kind of marquee matchups here. Um, and so. In that way, I really like it just as far as the interest level for general fans. But whereas I can understand baseball fans might like the three game series.
1: Yeah, and I could understand that, too. I think there definitely is something to the point of wanting to give a little bit more incentive to actually winning your division, because I know that there were a lot of pennant races late in like the 2000s and early 2010s where, you know, both teams knew that they were going to be. The division winner and wild card, and because there was no penalty for the wild card, there was not much to play for down the stretch. And if we had been under those rules, that we that we would have seen very little push from like the Dodgers and Giants to sort of get better than one another. Maybe you don't see a Chris Bryant trade. Maybe you don't see the Dodgers get uh, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. So it's definitely something to trying to get these teams actually stay competitive down the stretch, and maybe. If you want to find some way to make the wild card like a three game series, maybe that would be more interesting for baseball fans, uh, for like really hardcore baseball fans writ large. But the populace as a whole, I think, understandably likes the do or die, you know, NCAA Mm -hmm. style. You lose, you're out. That kind of game. And I understand that. And I think that makes sense. Wouldn't surprise me. I feel like at this point, just the way that the. Uh, you know, the pedals are lining up. It seems like we're probably going to get some expanded playoffs in the next few years anyway. So, who knows what will happen under the next CBA if there will be another single game wild card or if there will be some sort of expansion. Maybe you have like two wild card games, like for other wild cards, but I don't know. We may be the, at the end of it, but I understand why there's a lot of excitement around it. I mean, the 2014 wildcard playoff between the A's and Royals is one of my favorite baseball games of all time yeah Yeah. obviously it was easy for me to enjoy just a neutral observer I have Mm -hmm. an ace friend friend who absolutely hated watching every minute of it so (laughs) yeah
0: yeah yeah, no, those, are, those games are a special kind of torture that only baseball can give you. And it's a it's a beautiful torture. But uh, the Red Sox move on and they'll take on the Rays in the, in the American League Division Series. And over on the other side, uh, you'll have uh, uh, the Houston Astros against the Chicago White Sox. Um, obviously, there's a lot of familiar faces here in this postseason with the Red Sox, with the Astros and, and with the Rays. And um, as you look at these four teams, it, Andrew, right now in your eyes, who has the easiest path to get to the World Series of the of the four teams who are who are alive right now?
1: Of the four teams alive right now, I would probably say the Rays, because I think that they are a much better team than the Yankees and the Red Sox. And I think the only real AL East team that could have given them a challenge would have been the Blue Jays. And that, granted, I say this and, you know, the Red Sox could very well win three in a row because baseball works like that. It's weird. But the Rays, <laughs> the Rays are a very talented team and they really handed the Yankees and Red Sox lunch to them throughout the regular season. And granted, that doesn't always show you what happens in the playoffs, but they know how to win. They rolled over the Yankees almost effortlessly over the weekend when the Yankees had everything to play for. So I think as long as they can get past them, then they'll face whoever wins the Astros White Sox series. And I think the Astros, you could have a case for them as well, just because I think as much as I would like the White Sox to win the, that series, I think the Astros are the better team fairly easily, honestly. So they could have a smooth out as well. But I think the Rays are the team to beat in the American League.
0: Yeah. And Ashley, uh, same question for you. And I just real quick before, because I know you are, you write for D-Rays Bay. So you, this is one of the teams that you follow. I'm just amazed at, at how the Rays put together the team that they have. There was a graphic that MLB Pipeline put out earlier this week, talking about how the different playoff teams were built. Um, they have of their 26 man rosters starting the season, they have two free agents which is by far the, the least of any team, 19 players acquired by trade and five from the draft. So we think of the Rays as this, you know, they draft guys and then bring them up. That's not how they do it. They, they are among the shrewdest traders in, in Major League Baseball, T-R-A-D-E-R-S uh, for the correct word here. Um, <laughs> so uh, do
2: you agree? Do the Rays have the easiest path and, and how, how do they do it? I think the Rays are a really unique case in baseball and people like to pick on them as being kind of, you know, the the poster child for cheapness and, you know, for a team that a lot of people love to hate and then everybody else just loves to forget about. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. even going into most predictions for the postseason, people still tend to forget that they had a hundred win season and they did so while losing most of the talented starting pitching they had last year. Um, Blake Snell by trade, Tyler Glassnell by injury. Obviously he's just had Tommy John um, losing Charlie Morton to free agency because they didn't want to pick up his, you know, his extension. Um, and they've done it all with, you know, a really strong group of young talented rookies, but they've also done it, like you said, through trades. And that's what they do. They bolster and they fill their farm system with so much talent Um, more talent than any farm could feasibly need or use in a regular you know regular team season and they make very smart shrewd trades and they are very aware of players who have been undervalued and underutilized elsewhere I look at the things that Tommy Pham was able to accomplish when he came over from the Cardinals I look at Randy Rosarena who nobody you know had any real thoughts about and was the longest running rookie, I think, of anybody that it yeah. was imaginable and broke records all postseason last year and continued right. to be absolutely astonishing this year. So I think what really helps the Rays out a lot is that they find kind of those black sheep elsewhere that are maybe underperforming with a different team, Tyler Glass now with the Pirates, um, and see skills and talents that they can develop with the unique kind of coaching crew that they have there and really lean into that full force and it's it's really apparent what they're able to do because it doesn't seem to matter how injury hits them because they still make everything work like <laughs> it's they yeah. invented the opener like they they <sighs> find ways to make things work that shouldn't work and don't work as well anywhere else And people kind of hate them for it. But I think that they do have the easiest path to the postseason because, I mean, through the regular season, they used more different lineups than anybody else. They used, you know, different variations of starters more than anybody else. And I think it shows their flexibility and their ability to change on the fly for whoever they're facing. And, you know, I don't think there's a lot of surprises waiting for them when it comes to the Red Sox, for sure. Obviously, they had a better season series against them. And I think, you know, they just played the Astros like a week ago. So they're doing pretty okay. there, knowing what to expect. And um, yeah, I think they have, I mean, I'm obviously biased, but (laughs) I think, (laughs) you know, they, they had the best team in the American League this year um, by any metric. And And I think that that really gives them a head start going into the postseason.
0: Yeah, it's amazing what they are able to do year in and year out. They just said they do have the smartest people in the world. Because other teams have tried this. My Phillies have tried to do a lot of what they're doing, and, and they just can't. You just, for whatever reason, the, the the brains in that organization are just on a different level. But there there is a lot of... I think there's a lot of uh, fans who don't like the way the Rays approach team building. Um, You know, I think there's a lot of folks who wonder, wow, what could this team be? What could this team do if they actually spent money on players and you're finding, I don't know, they could do a whole lot better because they're, you know, a a routinely 90 to hundred win team every year anyway, but there's obviously some fans who are not going to be rooting for the Rays for that, for that reason. Same thing with the Houston Astros, who I think (laughs) after, after the scandal, folks wanted to just, Shovel the dirt right on them. You know what I mean? And and just kind of say, OK, chalk up that uh, that World Series victory in 2017 to the trash can banging and, and 2019 to sign stealing and whatever it was. And now here they are again in 2021 with Dusty Baker at the helm. A lot of these same players having won the American League, American League West. Here we go again. How what how sick? Are you, how sick are baseball fans of having to deal with this Astros storyline now that it's coming back? Because you know the storyline is going to be, we want to prove we can win a World Series without the trash can stuff hanging over our heads. This is going to be a whole thing about redemption for the Astros here in the postseason. I'm well, so <post-s2> sick of, of that.
1: <Yeah>. Oh god, yeah. No, the Astros to the I was I'm so over to the Astros to the point where I was rooting for the Rays in the championship series last year. I I cannot stand the Astros. I cannot stand their like attitude of like, look how much we suffered for when they base the players basically basically paid no consequences at all. Yeah. They got right. booed a bunch. Oh no, now you're like the Yankees. Congrats. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's not going to garner much sympathy for me. And like the I, the uh, grievances, and I understand that players do whatever they can to like get riled up about whatever they can to motivate themselves i mean that's the michael jordan philosophy like even if it's just making things up to get yourself riled up fine whatever you don't need to take it to the media and act like you've been personally attacked by this so it's a very tired thing and i really hope that the white Sox just sweep him out of the playoffs i don't think it's going to happen but the i will i do think that they will miss george springer a little bit this go around just because he always showed up for them in the playoffs and Mm -hmm. was just a menace but you know Kyle Tucker isn't exactly a schmuck replacing his bad lineup anyway, <laughs> and they still got Correa, they still got Altuve, they still got Gurriel. so still got Brantley, still got Bregman. So they are going to be a problem to deal with for both the White Sox and probably the Rays once they get that far.
2: Yeah, I the pitching is really great, good too. Yeah. Low key. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a narrative that I'm really sick of hearing about. Like I I'm you know never I, I rooted for the the I rooted for the Astros in that series like mostly because Justin Verlander was on the team and as a Tigers fan I wanted to see him win a ring. Um, but now I'm really sick of them, and I mean Korea especially I think has really leaned into almost like taking on a villain role. Like, Mm -hmm. he seems to really relish the way that people dislike the team and, like, uses it to feed himself. And, I mean, if that's what you got to do to win games, all the power to you. He's a free agent next year. He's going to get paid no matter where he goes. I mean, he's he's a talented player, but he's a real pain. Um, (laughs) But I would love to see the White Sox just erase them from the postseason completely so that we don't have to listen to any discussion about trash can banging or, you know, the the cheat or like, oh, what will happen if the Astros and the Dodgers face each other again in the World Series? Oh, God, oh man, Uh, I just have no interest in it. And they are a great team. Like, there's no doubt about it. They're stacked with talent. I do think that they're probably a bigger risk against the Rays than the White Sox are. But I do think the White Sox have a super strong team. Um, they've had a fantastic year, great offense, great pitching, um, really good stories out of that camp all season long. Um, and they're just a fun team and like young, interesting, engaging talent on that team. Um, and I'd kind of rather almost see that even though they're the White Sox. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, that's funny. I, I wanted to get into the White Sox next because, you know, they, they are flying under the radar here uh, as as the postseason um, unwraps and, and unfurls itself, and no one's talking about uh, the White Sox at all. They won 93 games, ran away with the American League Central. They've got young talent all over the place, Juan Moncada, Luis Robert, um, Tim Anderson, and you've got some veterans. It's a nice balance with Yasmani Grandal and Jose Abreu having a 30-home a run season. So they, they've got a lineup that can hurt you in a lot of different ways, Uh, And then they have a they have a strong pitching staff that, again, kind of underrated a little bit. Rodon has had a a really good season. Uh, Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn having a Cy Young season, Uh, Lucas Giolito. I mean, this is a good rotation. All those guys wins above replacements of four or better, according to Fangraph. So, I mean, you know, this is Andrew, I feel like this is a white uh, this White Sox team. Um, They've got talent. They've got Tony LaRussa. For better or worse. I know that it seems like an odd mix of Tony LaRusso with this with this talent base. And I know I'm sure it didn't go over well in baseball circles when when he was hired, but he's he's got postseason a postseason pedigree. And so maybe that helps an inexperienced White Sox team here. What do you think?
1: I mean, it's possible. This, this is a core that really hasn't been tested basically since before the All-Star break. The White Sox have had this division under wraps for months and months. So they are ready, I think, to actually play some baseball that matters. And they, as you said, they have the pitching that they can line up. I think it will really matter how Carlos Rodon is feeling because he was sort of banged up toward the end of the season. Uh, Jose Abreu a little bit under the weather, so we'll see how good he can actually hit or how well he can actually hit in the lineup. So there's a lot that the white Sox have to face in terms of question marks right now. But I think that if if they are very capable of taking out the Astros, I just don't think that it's going to be enough. And I think the Astros are a little bit more battle tested. And and I'm not sure that Twin La Russa can make up the difference by like, you know, sitting around and grumbling about the rally squirrel or whatever it is, but (laughs) um, you know, but if, if there's a guy, but there's a guy in Tim Anderson who I believe he can do anything he wants. He could e- he could very easily become like a breakout star of this entire postseason if the White Sox go on a run. He's that talented. And we've seen him on the national stage. I mean, Grant says, you know, Field the dreams game, Field the Dreams game, whatever. But he came up huge in that game, and he, you yeah. could tell that he was relishing the spotlight in that. And he's a guy who I think would shine in that. They have so many good hitters in that lineup. Luis Roberts, a guy that I don't think gets enough credit for how good a hitter he is and how far he can hit home runs. Yeah. I mean, in the playoff last year against the A's, the White Sox lost that three-game series, but Robert was hitting some missiles. It was yeah. some crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I think obviously the, the rooting interest, Ashley, is going to be on the side of Chicago in, in the series against Houston. And we're going to get to specific predictions in a minute, but you know, do, does the White Sox inexperience, does that concern you at all? Or is it just, are we looking at strictly a talent thing here.
2: No, I, I, but I think in, in speaking of Tony Larosa, I think the White Sox have achieved what they did this year in spite of Tony Larusa, instead yep. of because of him. Mm-hmm. And I think that that shows kind of a really tight bond in that team and a and a real drive and desire among the players of that team to win. Um I will say that because they were in the American League Central, they kind of had the benefit of facing off regularly against four relatively not great teams, and I say that as a Tigers writer. Um mm-hmm. So, But they're teams that didn't pose the kind of long term real threat to them. It, it, I don't want to say it was easy games because there was a lot of competition there. But, um, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily the same as playing against a team like Houston that is, like Andrew said, battle tested. They have that postseason experience year after year. They know what to expect on that smaller stage, like, like a shortened game stretch. Um, And I think that that'll benefit Houston over the White Sox for sure. But I do think that there's like a scrappiness and a drive and a a real like determination to prove themselves. um, That's going to be really fun to watch in that series.
0: Yeah. I, I think that might be the most, that could go down as the most entertaining series in the, in the American league playoffs this year. Yeah. you know, however, however far they get, let's step away. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the players, some more about the players uh, in the American league playoffs here. We'll do a three-way snake draft, four rounds of all the players left in the American league postseason. And, Uh, We'll give our predictions and talk about which franchise do we think most deserves a deep playoff run. We'll do that coming up next here on the SB Nation American League Playoff Preview brought to you by T-Mobile. And welcome back to the American League playoff preview brought by T-Mobile. I'm John Stolnis, along with Andrew Murns and Ashley McLennan. All right, lots of great players in this American League. Uh, in this American League playoffs, uh, you know, for these four teams getting ready to try and uh, hunt down a pennant here. And um, there's so many good players that we thought it would be fun. A great way to talk about who the best players are that are left in the playoffs would be to. us each to draft a a team of four because if we did longer than that it would just take too much time uh but we're gonna each go into a snake draft so uh we'll go ashley first andrew second i'll go third and we'll snake it around so i'll have picks three and four if you've done a fantasy draft of any kind you know exactly what i'm talking about uh so ashley started off with you who are you taking number one in the American League playoff snake draft?
2: Oh, it's a tough call, but I'm going to go with Brandon Lau to lead things off. Wow. He just, just came off a nice three-run home run game, so I'm feeling good about Brandon right now.
0: That was unexpected. I, yeah. I was not expecting Brandon Lau off the top, but I mean, he is he the most underrated player in Major League Baseball right now? You do not hear him talked about when you when you hear people talking about the best players in the game, but you've got him as the number one player in the AL playoffs right now.
2: Well, I mean, there's a lot of popular picks, but I got to go with my boys, I think. So I think he is wildly under. There's a lot of guys on that raised team that really don't get the love that they deserve. Like I could yeah. wax poetic about Joey Wendell for an hour if you'd let me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe another time. Yeah. Uh, all
1: I right. Think part Andrew. of that. I think oh, yeah, part I of that it. is because during that Rays run to the world's year, it felt, like, it felt like Lau was kind of quiet for a lot yeah. of us. So maybe he didn't get as much mm-hmm. attention on the national stage. But yeah, having yeah. seeing him 19 times a year, he's. And just you know, as you said, just teeing off three homers against the Yankees the other day, he can he can hit. He's great.
0: <laughs> All right, Andrew, you're next. Pick number two. All right. Uh
1: I am going to betray a lot of my fandom and I'm going to pick Rafael Devers ah. because that guy can freaking hit. And I think he's one of the best hitters in the American League. I think he's gets kind of a little exposed at third base. I think it's probably eventually his true position will be first or DH, but whatever, wherever he is in the, in the field, it doesn't matter. Cause he is, I mean, he's the reason that the Red Sox are in the playoffs. They were losing against the nationals game 162. He had two homers grants him, you know, a, a bad national scene, but he still came up big for them and he came up big for them again last night. So, you know, Pete, this is a guy that's great at hitting and I always fear when he's in the batter's box, even more than Bogart's.
0: No, no doubt about it. Devers is, uh, has really emerged as, as you know, he was a highly touted prospect and some of those guys don't pan out. He has absolutely panned out, um, for sure. Uh, for picks number three and four, I'm going to go with another, uh, Boston player. I'm going to go with Xander Bogarts. Uh, sure. again, he had the, he had the big home run last night. Uh, he's just, he's got an amazing swing. There are no holes if you're if you're giving him anything anywhere in the strike zone, he he can get to anything. you've got to really make him chase outside the zone if you're gonna have any success against him. And Garrett Cole didn't do that uh, in the wild card game. So uh, Bogarts is a monster. I'm gonna take him with my top pick at number three. Uh, and then you know what andrew, you were you were waxing so poetic about Tim Anderson. I'm making him my next pick here. Um, again, you you're right. He has a. He has a flair for the big stage. I had forgotten about the uh, about the Field of Dreams game when, when he hit the walk off home run, and uh, that was maybe the most electrifying moment of the season uh, that I can that I can look back on here. Uh, the twenty twenty one season, uh, he can do it all. He can do so many things for a, for a loaded White Sox team. So give me uh, give me Bogarts and give me Anderson at number four, at number three, and number four, which swings it back to you, Andrew, for your uh, for your second pick. Uh, I'm going to take Lance
1: Lynn because he's he's a guy that's just a lot of fun to watch on the mound. You don't see many pitchers like looking like Lance, Lance Lynn nowadays, but he goes out, he'll give you innings, and he is he's just a guy that the, the White Sox made a very savvy trade for to get before the season, and he's a guy that they can stick at the front of their rotation with they want to put him number two. He can do whatever it takes, and he's, he's very good at limiting runs, knows how to do it, and he's been doing it for a long time and won a World Series under Tony La Russa. So, you know, there you go.
0: All right, Lance Lynn, and uh, I remember a couple seasons ago when he was a free agent, I was kind of pushing for the Phillies to sign him. Never did I think he would be the pitcher that he's turned into. He's he's really been amazing the last. He was couple on the of Yankees years. a couple years ago and did
2: not look yeah. like this.
0: No, no, no. He figured something out for sure. Yeah. All right, Ashley, you've got two picks now. Your second and your third.
2: Uh, I'm gonna go with Carlos Correa because even though I don't like Carlos Correa, he is insane I was gonna say, you were, you were I, just mean I, to him i, I am I, him. I will continue to be but he is red hot in the postseason. So i was uh, refusing to
1: take him so i will take <laughs> him
2: uh and then i'm gonna take somebody who i think goes under the radar a lot as well on the Rays team but is fantastic in the postseason. and that is randy rosarena uh. Uh, I should take pitching, I know, but I gotta take uh, take my top picks while well, I still can. Rosarain
0: is him. a great pick. He's probably going to win the Rookie of the Year. I, I think the pitching in the American League is just down this year. There, there are no really great options. So Not as really. your, I yeah, I mean, it's just. As, as you're looking at the options, there's there's just not a lot there.
2: If Glassnow was still healthy, I would have taken him in a heartbeat. But, yeah. And I think he would have been in the Cy Young discussion. But obviously, mm-hmm. that is not how things played out this year.
0: Nope, unfortunately not. All right. So uh, so Ashley has uh, taken her second and third picks, numbers six and seven. Andrew, it's time for your third pick.
1: Uh, I'll take Kyle Tucker. He's a guy on the Astros who is not really talked about as much and he but he can he can hit as well as any of them plays outfield and has really smooth you know slid into that role vacated by Springer pretty seamlessly mm-hmm. and because he wasn't really on the 2017 team he gets noticed a little bit less but he's a guy that at least when he's hitting I can feel like okay I don't detest you <laughs> so uh, well, it's good enough. That's for my the bar.
0: Team. Yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a guy who can. He has thirty homers this year. Great from the outfield position. One forty-seven wRC plus. He's, he's a guy. He's great.
0: All right, and uh, I'm going to go with the guy that I I've never really been enamored by, but uh the numbers back it up, and he looked so good against the Yankees. I'm going to go with Ivaldi here. um Again, I'm I not i am not the biggest fan of of, of him, but he has shown something this year that I didn't think was there. And um, he backed it up in the postseason uh, in a, in a one game playoff against a, a decent New York Yankees lineup. So give me Nathan Nivaldi, And then I'm going to go with a, a young kid on the Rays who you just couldn't keep off base this year. Um, give me, give me wander. You know what mm. I mean? I, I think he's a, he's a, a fun player. Um, I, the future is unbelievably bright for, for, for a kid who is that young and just has a knack for getting on base. Yeah. Uh, he, he's going to be a monster. I think he could be this year's a Rosarena in the postseason. So give me Wander Franco uh, for my final pick. Um, Andrew, you've got one more here, buddy. Yeah, I'll take
1: a uh, Luis Robert. Because he, he's not going to show up on a lot of the leaderboards this year because he's limited to only 68 games. But he hit 338 with a 567 slugging percentage. 157 Whew. WRC+. This guy can hit. He's also only 24 years old and I think he's going to be a key part of that White Sox lineup for a long long time and I he's the guy I think he's the guy in the White Sox lineup actually I probably fear the most even above Abreu and Anderson. Those are some great hitters but Robert can really crush it.
0: All right, Louis I and I agree with you. I think Luis Robert uh is I mean, he's been like you said last year, just, you know, crushing everything uh, mm-hmm. all over all over for, for for quite some time. All right, uh, Ashley, your last pick in our in our four round snake draft.
2: Well, I got to pick somebody on the White Sox to even things out a little bit. So <laughs> I am going to go with Lucas Giolito just because he is somebody I really like. Good talent. Step. He's mm-hmm. just a solid dude. I have, a, I, you know, I'm not a White Sox fan, but I do have a Lucas Giolito Roto wear shirt. So got to got to represent that. So that's my final pick.
0: I, I must say, I'm surprised that none of us went Jose Altuve uh, within these within these four <laughs> rounds. But I guess uh, I, I understand I understand the reason why not. But uh, the numbers for him this year were, were pretty good. Um, but, uh, I, you know, we all trying to avoid Astros players. And I, I totally <laughs> understand. I understand. So, I, so Ashley goes with uh, Lowe, Correa, Rosarena, and Giolito. Andrew has Devers, Lynn, Tucker, and Robert. And I've got Bogarts, Anderson, Eovaldi, and Franco. Uh, I like my team best. So um, that's just that's just the way it goes. Um, All right. So as we have all these four teams now, we've got Chicago, we've got Boston, uh, we've got Tampa and we've got Houston. Which of these franchises actually most deserves a deep postseason run here? I think we all know which ones are the least, but which one is most deserving?
2: i'm gonna go with the rays i think that they should go all the way they i know they made it to the world series last year and a lot of people will say okay well they had their chance you know but i also think game six of the world series last year was one of the most exciting games of baseball i think i've ever witnessed so oh,
0: not yeah. game six game five five oh, game five yeah. yeah
2: game six was the last game in the series anyway that's fine the the brett phillips walk off oh that was um, game four yeah thank you they, got time they all the just get merged together in my head yeah. but um you know one of the best games i've ever seen and i think that they really have proven themselves and they think they they are the best team in the american league this year and deserve to go all the way um so that's that's my pick i think you know just about i mean they're all worthy most of them but i'm biased yeah hard luck
0: hard luck tampa fans just can't get any can't get any championships uh down yeah there. i know just they're really suffering tampa. really they hard are... up for championships in tampa
2: no trophies <laughs> being circulated around there by any means they just need the trifecta come on they got to complete things a little bit
0: i hear you all right so andrew who do you have most deserving of the deep postseason run here uh the white Sox. i'm uh, um... Wasn't gonna, wasn't
1: gonna pick the Reds, Red Sox, or Rays for obvious reasons, and yeah. uh, not not taking the Astros, not taking the Astros or Rays either. So we're going to the White Sox, and I feel pretty good about this anyway because this is a very, very talented core that probably deserves a long run at some point. And even after you know the White Sox broke that World Series drought of their own in two thousand five, but no one ever really talked about it because you know that there's a run that didn't really last for them they only made the playoffs once in like the 15 years after that basically and then the the cubs came in with all their glory and won the 2016 thing and stole all the headlines but this is a white Sox team that deserves as much attention as can be given to a baseball spotlight and maybe a world series this year would bring that to people's attention and i feel i still feel like I sometimes hear more about like Patrick Wisdom than Tim Anderson in yeah. some some baseball circles, and that's that's just not right. White Sox should get a lot more attention than they're than they're getting right now.
0: Well, if they can pull off an upset against the Astros, uh, they'll get that attention. they will be the darlings. I, I, they will be. And I, I agree with you. I think Chicago, to me is is uh, the franchise most deserving of a deep playoff run here. because I agree with you, the two thousand and five World Series. I think the fact that it was over so quickly, was also one yeah. of the reasons why we don't think about it because it wasn't a memorable series it was a you know it was a, a time when you know they they had that uh, unbelievable starting rotation uh you had one big moment the Pitsednik home run uh, but other than that it just kind of flew by and, and went over our heads and we've forgotten all about it. And it is a fun young team. And I feel for White Sox fans because they are the redheaded stepchildren in that city. You know, mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> just, the, like you mentioned, the Cubs are the marquee franchise right now. The White Sox look like they're going to be a good team for a long time and a better team than the Cubs for a long time, the way things are shaking out at the moment. So uh, Chicago might be, they'll never be a White Sox town, but for at least temporarily for a couple of years, they, they certainly could be. So uh, that could be kind of fun, so uh, we'll look to see. And I know um, Ashley, as a as a Cubs writer, um, you know, hopefully hoping for a quick turnaround uh, with the Cubbies. But uh, obviously, the White Sox are uh, the team that has the upper edge, the upper hand right now.
2: As long as what it's is, not another hundred and eight years, I'm fine.
1: <laughs> what is funny is that the hey, the White Sox beat the Astros in that World yeah. Series in 2005, so maybe they could do that on the way to another World Series run. They're just in the hey. same league now, so
0: there you go exactly that's nice i like that the synergy there is that's right because that was so long ago the astros were in the (laughs) national league everybody (laughs) yeah um all right, listen, uh, let's time to make some predictions here. So uh, we have the field set. We know it's going to be the Red Sox and the Rays. The Rays, obviously, with home field advantage as the, the, the team with the best record in the American League. The Red Sox, uh, having played a game against the Yankees uh, just a, a couple of days before this series gets underway, the Rays are nice and rested. They can set their rotation. They can set their lineup. Ashley, let me start with you. Who wins this series and in how many games?
2: I think it will be the Rays, and I think it will be in four games.
0: Rays and four, Andrew. Um,
1: I think the Rays sweep. I don't know. I don't normally predict sweeps, but I don't think this Red Sox team is that good, and I'm prepared to have egg on my face if they sweep the Rays. <laughs> but you know, whatever, we'll go with it.
0: I'm with you. I think it's a Rays sweep over the Red Sox too. I, I absolutely do. I think the Rays just come in as a well-oiled machine right now, um, and that's that's White Sox Astros. Andrew, um, how many games? Uh, White Sox Astros.
1: Uh, I think the Astros take it in five. I think the White Sox can push him to five, but I don't think that they're going to be able to power through, especially if uh, Rodon is limited in any
2: way. Ashley? I'm going to take the upset, and I'm going to say it's going to be the White Sox in five. Hey, I, I prefer like that.
0: Yeah, that would be better. Certainly for everyone the entire country would be welcoming that. Um, I'll go with the Astros as well. I think experience is going to uh, trump young talent right now. This feels like kind of a like a starter year uh, for for Chicago in, in the playoffs. So um, so as we look forward now to the to the World Series, who wins? Who wins the American League pennant, Ashley? Obviously, the Rays, the Rays <laughs> win the American League pennant. Should have known that was coming. Andrew, how about you? Um, Rays in five in the LCS. I'm going to say the hateful thing because I know everyone's going to hate it. I think the Astros beat the Rays in the American league championship series and get back to a world series that nobody wants to see. <laughs> I, 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 nobody wants to see the Astros get back to the world series. So it just kind of feels like that's what's going to happen. Hey, Carlos right? Correa I, does. So, you know, Yeah. yes, exactly. This is not what I want to happen. This is just kind of what I think will happen. Uh, the Astros are going to do that whole, you know, redemption tour thing. And they're going to, they're going to use that as motivation over, over a Rays team. I think there's, I think the Astros just have, um, I don't know. There's a little bit of star power on the Astros and that playoff experience. The Rays got a lot of it last year going to the World Series, so you can't really say that this is an inexperienced Rays team, but give me the Astros in 7 games over over the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I to think go, to go to I the think Vols Houston Race. is
1: going to be loud for those games too, and that's yeah. going to be like a home field advantage thing for them too. I mean, they won't they won't have that necessarily in the LCS, but any right. game in Houston, they're going to have a ton of fan support. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. If they can win one game in Tampa, that might be an that, that might be enough in a seven game series uh, in the ALCS. But all right, folks, that's going to do it for SB Nation's American League playoff preview, brought to you by T-Mobile. My thanks to Andrew Mearns and Ashley McLennan, uh for coming on and helping to break down the AL playoffs. Make sure you check out Andrew's work over at Pinstripe Alley as he uh, does the. The Yankees' funeral dirge after their season ended against the Red Sox. And check out everything Ashley is writing over at Bless You Boys, D-Rays Bay, and Bleed Cubbies Blue. And you can check out what I've got going on over at The Good Fight if you want some depressing Phillies news as well. And also, if you want to hear about the NL side of things, we did a National League preview as well. So tell your friends about it. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you get your podcast to catch both the National League preview and this American League preview as well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm John Stolnes, and enjoy the playoffs.